Okay, so Baruch Hashem, we're back from Hanukkah vacation, and we're able to get back into the Vadin. We're almost finished the 15th parak of Mesila Isharim, which will conclude the subject of Pirishut. We probably have another Vad or two until we finish, maybe three. And then we will hopefully, with Siyat Nishmaya, move on to the next topic, which is called Tahara. Very, very important topic. So hopefully, uh, our new member, uh, Aharon Fariwa, will start a new uh, career of growth in Teiru Musa. Okay. And Husni. <laughs> okay. So up to the paragraph. Vehine kemo shahid bonen al zehadavar gorem keniyat haperishut. You see that? It's towards the end of the 15th perek. You see it? Yeah. So we just finished teaching you that contemplating and thinking about certain things, about the purpose of life, about how desires of this world cause sicknesses and problems, all those calculations that the Masil Sisharim gave us that we learned last week. He says, just like contemplation and thought and seichel and understanding brings a person to the level of pirishut, right? Kach, so too, Ezra, kach, sichluto, mafsid oto. Meaning, a person who lives a life without thinking, a person who lives a life that just goes through life with the flow, goes with the flow without thinking, or even worse, thinking non-productive thoughts and not good thoughts, will bring him to the opposite of Pirishut. Okay? So this was the whole subject that we studied until this point, that the biggest and the first line of defense against getting swallowed up into the sea of desire, which is the beginning of the man's downfall in this world, the first line of defense is having clear thinking and constant clear thinking, okay? Now we're going to talk about the second problem. Now, you can't get the pity shoot if you don't watch out from this thing, and we'll try to go into the amkis of it today. This is the words. Vatmada ben hasarim, one who frequents the higher class of society. Vaanche hagedulois, those that have prestige, harotfim ahar hakavod umarbim hahevel. See that? That's towards the end of the fifteenth parak. So, if you hang out with people that that um, that run after desires, run after honor, run after the good life, the high life, right? If you hang out with those type of people. It's impossible for you to reach the madrig of precious. When you see the splendor and the glory of their lifestyle, and how much honor they get, and how much they seem to be enjoying life, and indulging in the pleasures of life. It's impossible. It's impossible, no matter how smart you are, no matter how wise you are, no matter how much hashkafa you have, no matter what. If you expose yourself 
to people that live a lifestyle which is the opposite of precious, you are naturally going to have a desire towards it. And you're going to obviously, if once your desire begins, you're going to chase your desires. Even if Yetzirah doesn't totally and completely win the battle over you, you will definitely be in the war, in the turmoil, in the difficult battle you're putting yourself into, being a So you're putting yourself into a dangerous situation. A person should frequent the house of the mourner. And to go to the house of the parties. Because if you go to a lot of parties, you're going to start being drawn after that mahalachachai. If you go to the base level, you'll be reminded that every person uh, comes to this world for only a short period of time. And the person does not know when his time is up. And the only thing that's left at the end of the world is not your money and not your honor. Because most people will not remember you for more than 24 hours after Shiva, if you're lucky. And the only thing that's left is what's inscribed on that stone in the graveyard. That is the vort of your life. That defines your entire life and your life's mission and achievements. And whatever they say about you by the funeral, because that's about it. So that's the real stuff. So a person who remembers that, he's going to focus on the purpose of life. He's not going to get distracted with these fake things that don't give you anything and you can't take them with you to the grave. Right? Like Eir said, I came out of my mother's stomach naked. And I go back to that world naked. Hashem Natan, Hashem Lakah. Hashem gave me and Hashem took away from me. Meaning, everything Hashem gives you is only for a purpose. Because if the purpose was having the things that Hashem gave you, then it would stay with you for all eternity. So obviously all the materialistic things that Hashem gave you is only kelim. So when you come into the world, He gave you kelim. When you go out of the world, He takes the kelim back because you don't need them no more. So that will remind the person to live his life in a purposeful way. It's very important to do that. Okay? Especially young people, they think they're going to live forever. There's not even a habamina that they're not going to live forever. So, if they go to the base evel, they'll be reminded that people don't live forever. Good? That's what he says. Now I want to go into the subject and bring out the amkis in what we call exposure. Exposing ourselves to a different lifestyle that's contrary to our beliefs. Okay? So we all go to yeshiva, we have beliefs. We have Hashkafa, we have Musa, we have beliefs that we learn from our parents, we have beliefs that we learn from the Torah, right? So we all have strong minds, strong Hashkafa, and we feel that if we're exposed to what's going on in the world, it won't affect us and it won't damage us and it won't ruin us because that only will take, you know, immature minds or small people will be affected by that, but strong people will not be. So we have to know that that's not true. 
But I'm going to try to go into the Amkis of it. So step one, okay, let's break down the sugi and get the Amkis clear, okay? Step one, why when you see people uh, indulging in Taivas Olam Hazer or in in Yonet Kovid, whatever is your weakness, whether it's food, whether it's houses, whether it's cars, whether it's honor, whatever it may be, partying, fun, whatever your weakness is, the reason why it attracts you is because deep down you have typhus for it. So the thing that's holding you in place in general is your seichel. So your seichel, your mind is keeping you at check and check. But once you see it being done and awakens within you a desire and a taiva, so then your seichel becomes knocked out, right? That's simple. But I want to take this sugya to a much deeper level. Uh, the first step of the deeper level is going to come from Rabdan Segel. The second step I'm going to show you from the Chayvah Salafavis. Okay? Let's get it. So he brings down like this. You listening, Ezra? Adam Mushba a person is mushpa. He's changed. He's influenced. His way of thinking has changed. His way of approaching life has changed from what he sees and hears around him. Now, he goes into a concept called koach hahikui. Does anybody ever hear that that concept called koach hahikui? Anybody know what hikui means? Uh, to imitate, imitation. Human beings like to imitate each other. We see that in children. How children learn and how they grow is they imitate the adults around them in their lives. Okay, so that's a very powerful tool that a person can be lomed mikol adam because he has a desire to imitate others. Rabbi Yeruchim has many, many ma'amarim on this. I don't want to go totally into this, but there's a koach hachikui. So says Rabdan Segel that if you activate that koach hachikui for the wrong things, you will try to imitate the people that you see. Okay? And he quotes over here Sefer Achinuch, which is a very important Sefer Achinuch. You listening? You listening? Mishwat Tazayim, Sefer Achinuch. Don't allow your Yetzirah to convince you. I already worked on I learned all the books about Emunah and Betochen, and I'm very clear in my Emunah and Betochen. I'm not shakable, right? So therefore, what do I lose out if sometimes... I like to hang out with the regular people in the shvakim, in the marketplaces, in the streets, to enjoy a nice show, have some fun, go to a stadium, watch a game. It's not going to kill me. Again, there's a very deep philosophical point that's being made here. You see, I'm going to hang around people in an enjoying way, right? We're watching the game. We're going uh, snow tubing together with them. We're, we're whatever, right? We're exposing ourselves to their entertainment or whatever it is. Just once in a while to chill. I'm not having a conversation with them in philosophy. I don't say, sir, what's your Ashkafas? I'm not going to hear your Ashkafas. I don't want to know your Ashkafas. 
I want to have nothing to do with your hashkafas. I just want to chill and have a good time. And the place to have a good time is here. So I feel confident because how could I become a changed person? My philosophy is clear. My mind is clear. I'm not listening to a speech from a kaifer. I'm not having a philosophical conversation. I'm just having fun. I'm just going to the city to see the beautiful skyscrapers and going to the stores over there and just I'm enjoying life, you know, trying to take in all the geschmackheit as a break, as a little vacation, you know, to get out of the boring four walls of the base medrash, you know, change of scenery. So I picked as a change of scenery to go take this really nice hotel room in the city, go out, eat in those expensive restaurants, go shopping, or just window shopping, or just walking around shopping to see what's going on. I just want to, you know, loosen up a bissel. What could possibly be wrong? I'm not taking any hashkafa lessons from anybody. Good? That's what the Sefer HaChinuch is talking about. Got it, Max? Says the Sefer HaChinuch. He says... He says you should know that you better watch out because the natural way of the human being is to all of a sudden, with all his ashkafas and all his shittas, if he sees a different lifestyle, that means, again, you got to hop down because these guys that are living in the Taiva world, that's their world. I'm not trying to go into their world. I don't want to live that lifestyle. I want to live the lifestyle of a yeshiva guy. I'm only going there for vacation. I'm not trying to live their lifestyle. Says the Sefer Achina that if you expose yourself to their lifestyle, now you may not all of a sudden say, you know what, yeshiva, zygazont, I'm not going to learn yeshiva anymore, I'm going to business, I'm making money. You're not going to maybe have this drastic change of lifestyle, but it will affect you that today, your chashivas for the Rajva will not be the same. And if it's a question of pushing it out another year in Kolo, or one year less, it will change. It will have an influence upon you. Even the strongest minds. That's what the Sefer HaKinach is talking about. He's not talking about young, impressionable people who still don't know where they're going in life and what they want from life. He's talking about a guy who's shulling be'emuna or be'betochin or be'ashkofa. The guy's rock solid. But there will be some effect on the person. Because that's the way the human being was built. Okay? If we watch a society behave in a different way, which he has a natural affinity with it, it'll automatically change. I want to tell you that's what the... Uh, you know, in the, in the front of your Gemarot, many of your Gemarot, especially if you have new ones, they all have a, a prayer that you make when you go in the base measures and when you go out of the base measures, right? So the prayer that you say when you go out of the base measures is, right? I'm thanking Hashem for Shamta Chalkimi Yoshwe Bet HaMidrash, Velo Shamta Chalkimi Yoshwe Akiranot, Anu Mashkimi, Vehem Mashkimi, a whole bunch of schmooze, right? Rabbi Chuni Ben Akonis says, I'm so happy to be a Torah man and I can get up in the morning and I can toil and my toiling and my learning will take me to Olam Haba 
And look at all these guys over here. They also get up early in the morning. You go 5 o'clock in the morning. Sutton was on the road from Brooklyn. You see all the cars going to work. 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning hustling and bustling, right? And they're working on everything. But where are they going to end up in? Be'er Shahat. You know what Be'er Shahat means? Gehenam. So now, the question is, why did Rabbi Nechun Ibn Akana do that? You know? You want to thank Hashem for making you a learner. That's great. But imagine I walk around and I say, you know what, Baruch Hashem, I'm not a, a spoon like you, <laughs> you know? And I'm not a dip like him. And I'm not going to bear shahat like him. That's not our way, you know? Just be comfortable with what you got, right? So the Trezvel explains that we're not really, he's not pointing at specific people or cursing anybody out. However, this is a very important yesoy, the Trezvel says. When a man works, walks out of the base medrash, the entire world around him is communicating a message to him which is the opposite of the message that the base medrash is communicating to him. The world is saying, making money, being uh, powerful, being strong, being that's a way of life. Sitting in the base medrash, what exactly are you doing for society? You know? How exactly are you advancing in life? You're young, you're strong, you have a good head, you can develop your business skills, you can become something with your life, you can do something for the world, right? That's the meta-communication of the entire world, right? And they look at you as like a hazikin. So, Rab Nechun Yuben Akana, could you get anybody holier than him? He's a Tana. Does he have the Yisraelis of Hashkafa down to the science? Of course, he's a Tana, right? But yet, he was afraid that just from walking from the Bet Midrash to his house, just watching the attitude of the world, that will already affect him. Now, I promise you, Reb Nechuni Ben is not going off the derech. But Reb Nechuni Ben was a holy man, and even the smallest change in attitude would affect his avoidance Hashem. So we could have the greatest man in the world who's worried about it. So he says, listen, call a spade a spade. I'm going to Elam Haba. I'm doing the right thing. Don't be affected by what you see. All that glamour, all that glory, that's Be'er Shahat. Don't worry about it, right? So he, he's protecting himself. And he's t- teaching us to protect ourselves. So Kal this is when he, he wasn't going to the city, and he wasn't going to the stadiums, and he wasn't going to places where the people are hanging out. He was walking from shul to his house. Where exactly was Rabbi Nechun Yubin Akana going? Right? And yet he felt that he needed a certain protection, and to constantly remind him himself the purpose of life, and to be proud and happy about what he does. So for sure we need that, and for sure... We need to watch out where we go and what we see. Rabbi Chatzel used to talk about Shmiris and Ayim. Listen to this. Shmiris and Ayim, that Yeshiva Bokram have to have Shmiris and Ayim, have to watch their eyes. Not the Shmiris and Ayim that you normally think we talk about, like looking at girls and stuff. Shmiris and Ayim from our eyes, you know? He was talking about Shmiris and Ayim when you go home. In his days, then he used to go home every month to get done a stick like you do. So when he used to go home, right, Benazmanim and stuff, he said, be careful from religious balabatim 
that live the life of Gashmias, of materialism, you need Shmiris and Nayim from that. You know why? Because the guy's religious. He prays, he goes to shul, he learns every day, he does dafyomi, he's like a finer guy, you know. But he lives in a mansion. And he drives a crazy car. So you're going to say, okay, so it's not so bad, you know. That's maybe religion, you know. That's not a bad thing. You know, I'm sitting over here in yeshiva, you, you know, eating uh, chicken on a bone. Yeah, you know, like as our lifestyle over here, you know. Start to compare. And then it affects you. So that's also called Shmir Senai. Because when you see things, they affect the way you think and it starts to make you doubt. It starts to make you doubt. Maybe your lifestyle is a little too intense, you know? Maybe this is a lifestyle, but it's for like really big rabbis and stuff. But for me, I'm a regular guy. What's wrong if I have a nice, beautiful house and car and this and that? I learn, I pray, I give tzedakah, I'm a finer yid. And then you start to say, maybe I should go out of yeshiva. Maybe I should learn a trade. Maybe I should make a few dollars. All of a sudden, starts to put doubts in your mind, right? Why? Because you don't have Shmir Zainayim. Okay? That's what they're talking about. That's the Koyachachikui. We want to uh, copy uh, people and their lifestyles and their ways and their approaches. Plus, we have an affinity with it. So all that together, that whole Cholin makes you want to do that, right? But I want to show you something that's extremely deep. We have a few minutes here through the Chavis Alvavis. And that is, I want to tell you something very important. We have a desire for respect. We have a deep desire for respect. And when people disrespect us or look down at us, it's something that we can't handle. So when society has a certain hashkafa, it's a very deep point. Because in Gashmias, living a lifestyle of materialism is a culture, is a hashkafa. It's not just something you slip and you get. It's not looked at as a bad thing. It's looked at as a way of life. And once it's looked at as a way of life, when you're not part of society, so to speak, then people look at you as a hazikes. And that, you can't deal with, that rejection from society. I'm going to show you that in Chayv Zalavavis, okay? Very important paragraphs in Chayv Zalavavis. A lot to learn, okay? So Chayv Zalavavis is in Shara Precious Perak Bays. Shara Precious is the ninth gate in Chayv Zalavavis. Towards the end, it's the second to last gate. And in the second paragraph, the second paragraph of Precious, he says as follows. I'm going to read just a few words. It's long, but it's a few words here. First, he starts off and he says that the Hisgabrus HaTaiva Seichel, when your Taivas overpower your Seichel, that is the Shoresh that has been root to all sins. Okay? And it's the Gairim, it's the cause to every bad meat. And then, he says, so how did the Yetzirah succeed in getting people to live from people, religious people, Torah people, to live in the lifestyle of deep materialism, which we know that's what it is today. You can be religious, you can learn Torah, you can give tzedakah, you can be a fine person, but you're living in a deep, deep world of materialism. How did the Yetzirah do that? It is counterproductive to everything why you came to this world. It's the shortest of every sin and midah maguna. 
you came to this world to be a prosdol of ne'olam haba, and this thing is taking you way off the mark. How'd that work? How'd that work? How'd that happen? How'd the Yitzhak watch it? Because the Chavis Lavav is like a deep thing. It's a very deep thing. I want you to help what he's saying. He develops the thought, but it's a very deep thought. So he says, it starts off as follows. He explains the process of downfall. Okay? you got to pay attention to this. He says like this. So he says the forefathers or the great-grandfathers or whatever it is, right? They started off, they lived life in the right hashkafa. They understood the purpose of life and they used this world only for what they needed for their kiyum and their tzayrech. What they need to live, what they need to eat. Then the Yitzhak got them to say, listen, no, you can still be religious, you still do everything, but you can have a little bit uh, finer things, a couple of finer things in this world. And they got used to it. They got used to the luxury. Okay? Then what happened? Once you get used to the luxury, the way it works is you get caught in the web. You get caught in the mitzulot, in the traps, in the nets. That, that it takes you, right? And all of a sudden, a very interesting thing happens. You're willing to be sovel, the daigas, and the tzoros, shetanugeim, mevim aleyam. You go into this vicious cycle, now you have to go travel all over the world, and you have to do all kinds of stress, and all kinds of things, just to get tainug, right? He's going on and on with this thing. And then he says, I'm going to skip a little bit, but basically, he says like this, until a person gets to a point where he's so trapped in the world of materialism that he's willing to give away his world that will stay forever and ever, for a transitory world. Okay? Now, watch this. Here's the key point here. All of a sudden, he says, what happens to a person is it starts to become a shita. starts to become a, a mahalik. Okay? And then their way of life becomes a good way. Now watch this. And then the parents preach to the kids that this is the way that you're supposed This is a, a functioning human being. A functioning human being is a man who has some ambition to make money in this world and to make a big business and to be successful, and to build homes, and that, that becomes an education. So first it was a downfall, it became a lifestyle, and it became an education, right? And now, he says, if we see somebody who tries to live life the right way, he says, no, I want to go to Kolel, I want to live in a basement in Lakewood, and, and have Pasha Tazachim, they look at him as a atel, as a lazy person. They look at him as a person who's lacking ambition. Maybe he needs to see a therapist or something. There's something wrong with him, right? They see him as a weak person. They see him as a person who's afraid to face real life, reality, right? Watch, watch the psychology that's going on. This guy is all above. It's wild, right? And then he says, it's very deep. I've been as Ma'amorim on this, but I'm not going to get, we don't have time. But he says, all of a sudden, your stomach becomes like your God, and your levush becomes like your Torah, and your 
your lifestyle of wearing, uh, of building the homes that you want to live in becomes like Musar. And all of a sudden, what happens is, it changes the entire culture. And therefore, anybody who lives different than the culture will be an outcast of society. Okay? Now, there's more to say about it, but it's very late, so I can't keep going further. I'm just going to fear ice. So the point is, when you go out to the world and you see a certain culture and a lifestyle, if you're not going to live with that lifestyle, you're going against uh, givens, you're going to be an outcast, you're going to be looked at as a weird person, a weak person, a lazy person, person who's living in, 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 in dreamland, doesn't know what the reality of life is and paying bills. You're going to be very negative attitudes towards you. And you're basically arguing with principles that are established already. It's like someone who's arguing with your God, arguing with your religion, arguing it's, that's how deep it is. And you see that. A lot of times good-meaning parents, they'll put up a fight with their child who wants to go learn like he's going against the fundamentals of life. But this is the false fundamentals and the kid wants the right fundamentals. That's the deep, deep test which we have to continue to work in. Okay, we'll stop here for now.